Hello and welcome to Fails, Falls, and Fuck Ups. Today we are joined by the musical ambassador to tomorrow. We are talking about the silver surfer of the sonic waves. It is John Vaven. John Va, how are you? I'm doing all right, Bruce. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, especially to see your smiling face. It has opened up a plethora of positivity in my world on this Saturday morning. Nice, nice. We need the positive vibes, Dan. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> we do, we do. It's almost like orange juice for the soul, except uh, I don't think the soul drinks. At least, certainly not orange juice. Probably too acidic. True, true. <laughs> so you have had a long storied career in music, and we're going to get to some of the finer points. And by the finer points, I mean the mistakes you've made along the way. All of those wonderful fuck-ups that have just thrown you for a loop, but taught you a little something. So Janva, take us back. Take us back and start talking. Well, it's been a, been a long journey, you know, and uh, when you say actual fuck-ups, you know, like I said, uh, I would say that they've been quite a bit, which I've kind of thought, you know, they were kind of learning experience. But one that I found that kind of stood out most was, you know, being naive of the situation that you enter in. Now you're talking about as getting into a, being a professional musician, as opposed to like a kid jamming in like whatever basement you happen to be jamming in. Totally, totally professional. And you're thinking that this situation, this is it. You've really bagged the, the right opportunity for yourself. Let's lay out what that opportunity was. So mm -hmm. how did young Janva with his first instrument, which I assume was possibly a ukulele or a flute? <laughs> well, actually, the first instrument was, was actually the saxophone in grade school. But uh, along the way, I found the piano, which I, you know, totally became, you know, so passionate about to this very day. You probably see a lot of me playing on social media with the piano. So uh, that's that's my thing, you know. Um, I enjoy the piano. It, it it kind of kind of transcends everything that I have to to say in more of of a sonic type of way. You know what I'm saying. Compose everything you want on it. Totally, you know. Totally, you know. Um, you know, my first encounter, which 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 was quite an interesting uh, experience, is I had an opportunity to uh, do my first recording for a record, and I was you know very young at that time, around eighteen, and. You know, I was like so happy. You know, I was always so happy to go into the studio and record, you know. Just happy to be there. Just happy to be there. You know, I'm in the studio. Wow, you know, <laughs> just record. Well, there's a little bit more to the music business than just record. And I didn't, I didn't know that. I thought you just go in there and go ahead and be creative, right? And then you're on the record and maybe someone will, maybe someone will cut your check. <laughs> I didn't know all the legalities behind it. Here's some burgers, kid. Thank you so much for coming. It, it, it was one of, one of those type of things, yeah. <laughs> to find out that, yes, the, the, the project did come out, and I was on there, and uh, you can kind of see it was a nice pat on the back and, uh, you know, kind of keep it moving. Did they even give you credit? No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'm on this album. Sure you are. Sure you are. Yeah. But it was me. But like I said, I didn't, I didn't you know, I, I, I didn't know that, you know, you're supposed to, you know, uh, you have to do the, the actual, the, the, the legal stuff. You know, you have to be a professional. And that was something that I kind of had to learn the hard way. I kind of thought 
you know, for some reason at that age, it just didn't exist. And no one really told me about it. You know, it's just like, hey, kid, you're really talented. You know, won't you come in the studio and kind of help us, help us out with this recording? You're not even thinking anything. You're like, oh, you know what? This is great. I'm going to have an opportunity to be on the record. Guess what? And my friends are going to get to hear me. And I am totally badass. Yeah, badass and no money, no credit. How many experiences like that did you get hit with before suddenly it clicked like, hey, wait a minute. I'm being taken advantage of. It took me a couple of these occurrences that eventually someone says, uh, you need to get legal advice. You know, you need to speak to an attorney who specializes in entertainment attorney to help you out. Uh, and I didn't even know if they even existed. And I was young, you know, I was, you, you really don't know about these things. Because the glamour, which is, you know, you go into a recording studio, you see millions and millions of dollars of equipment. Yeah, you, you see pictures of people that you're like, wow, you know, it's so cool. You're taken by that and you're blindsided. All of my heroes are on the wall and I'm sharing space with their spirit. Right. You know, until somebody said, you're doing this the wrong way. And it was more of, you could say, a tutorial or a form of education on this is what you need to do. And this is how business is done in this industry. Now, the next experience of you going into the studio, hey, kid, we like you playing. Come on in. Okay, um, here's some paperwork for you to sign. How did that go down? Oh, now when I had the paperwork, it seemed like it was a tussle because now I, I knew too much. So it made the situation a little bit more strenuous because there were certain demands that I had or in terms of wanted to, I want, things I wanted to negotiate. And they're like, hey, who did... Who the hell is this kid, you know, you know, asking for these, for these, these terms, you know, just shut up and play and we'll give you like 50 bucks. I'm like, no, it's not going down like that. <laughs> Actually, I want to be covered in my publishing. Okay. And I want my writer's credits as well. So yes, I did. I did have to get school to learn how this business and any business, how, how, how you have to kind of conduct yourself like a professional. Right. Especially in the arts. It's a challenge. Oh yeah. Yeah. You learn the hard way. You could be famous. And have be out there on billboards, but if you don't take care of the business part, that's just pipe dream. Yeah, you see it all the time, too. Mm -hmm. A lot of people just have a massive hit, and yet they own nothing, and they don't get any money. And after their hit or hits go away, somebody's made millions of dollars, but it's not them. They're back working at a Starbucks or whatever career they can find themselves in. Oh, it's so true. You know, you find out a lot. That's, that's, and it still happens to this very day. Did it slow down your momentum to start conducting yourself like a businessman or after an initial bumpy period, did it help? You know, after the bumpy period, it slowed up momentum in terms of me jumping to whatever the opportunities was. I had to kind of put things on pause and kind of really think it through and process, you know, what's, what's best for Jean Vaughn? You know, does this make business sense? Even to this very day, I was asking myself, does this make business sense? And what I don't know, I get the specialist to help me understand what I don't know. So this is how you started. So I just started. You started uh, just like everybody else, happy to be there, getting taken advantage of, mm -hmm. learn some business skills. What was the next big life, business, music lesson? Music lesson is that when you have contacts, friends, whatever, who would like you to play on their projects. They kind of do the, the wiggle move on you where 
they really don't want to do the contractual thing, and it's more based on friendship. So they leverage that relationship so they don't have to take care of the business aspect. At first, you're like, okay, I'll play on my friend's project, no big deal, whatever. And you start finding that it's a recurring thing. And then, then the project goes and materializes to something, but guess what? No one knows that you're social because you did this based on friendship, not business. And that's, that was another aspect of why I'm like, wow, this seems to be happening a lot. You know, people are kind of, you play great, taking you kind of help out, whatever. You're not compensating me. You are using our friendship as the, as, as the, the motive of getting what you want to be done. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I'm at a disadvantage because again, no one knows it's me associated with the project except for you. And I'll never be able to prove that. You know, so then it puts a, it puts a damp on the relationship as well. Now, do you think that is, and I'm sure this go, is different from individual to individual, but do you think that that is a conscious decision or it's just from the other person's point of view, an incidental and unfortunate side effect? I think it's probably a mirror of both, but again, when it's your friend, you sort of, you're kind of blinded by it, you know? Because you're like, especially if your friend in your eyes seems to be doing a little bit better than you or it's at a different place than you and you're looking to get there, you're hoping on the fact that if you take care of your friend, they're going to take care of you. Yeah. But the thing is that this is, in your friend's eye, this is business. And thanks, you know, you, you, you take care of me. It's cool. We're, we're good. And it's just, you know, you see that too many times. So, and that's what kills a lot of friendships too. They also tend not to return the favor. Right. You've done this thing. You've put yourself out and you're not being credited, but Hey, Bob, can you come and play on mine? Oh, you know, my thing's going on. I really can't have that association and shit like that. Right. You know, and, and, and it's sad, you know, that people, you know, they, they don't respect you. That's why I said they just don't respect you. And I, so I find myself that, you know, when, whenever those situations comes about, I'm like, oh, you know, we got to take care of the, of the, of the paper first. And then we'll, then we'll see how serious they are. When it comes to, oh, you know what, you know, it's not that type of thing and whatever, then I already, I know where this is going. So, you know, to keep our friendship intact, we just leave it on the table. That is also a hard lesson to learn how to handle those expectations with friends, because oftentimes people do get leveraged into doing lots of things they don't want to do because of the weight and pressures of being there as a good person and a friend. Sometimes they say your people will tend, friends will take your, your, your kindness as your weakness a lot. And we see that so many times in all aspects of business, your kindness for your weakness. But they just don't know. Yep. That's never happened to me. Never. <laughs> ever. Oh, I'm going to go cry myself to sleep now, Janva. Uh, That's but right. That is, that is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. So at the start of this, you were going to talk about one of your big mistakes. And I put you pulled you away from that to cover something that I wanted to cover really quick, mm -hmm. but I want to get back to your big mistake. So please mistake yourself for me. Wait a minute. Did that make sense in English? <laughs> mistake myself for you was, you know, I had an opportunity to be on a, I won't say the name, but it was a very uh, well-known record label. I had a manager uh, who I met at, a, at an event, and uh, actually it was, it was a, uh, 
Eddie Murphy after party type of event type of thing. Where everybody's all hanging out. We're young and stuff like that. And met met this individual and we kind of hit it very well. She said she wanted to be my manager and then it was all great. And she was taking me around to some of the most, uh, we can say, very influential places and meeting influential people. And it was just just great. You know, but again, in the end, we we kind of had to separate because when she gave me her contract, you know, I didn't understand what in the world was. So I kind of went to my attorney and said, hey, what is it? What's, what is it there? And then my attorney just said, you know, who's this person who's trying to fuck you? Well, what are you talking about? Your soul is on line seven and any job you work, whether it's music or not, or however you got it is on line eight. And right. This is half your rent on line nine. Right. It was a 20, 22 page contract. And at the time I was 21, I'm like, what am I supposed to know? So I just pointed to my attorney and he went line for line, line for line, what everything meant. And, it, and, and what kind of stood out for me, I was like, what is power of attorney? You mean she gets to decide whether I get resuscitated? I didn't know what, I didn't even know what the word at the time of young. What does power of attorney mean? POA. I know I made the joke about all of your earnings from all of the jobs, regardless to where they came from. But that is a known tactic for um, not quite scrupulous managers. Was that part of the contract where she would get like 20% of your working at any particular day job you had? She had her hands on everything, pretty much. Everything. Oh, what a terrible, terrible situation. So there were supposed to be paid opportunities out of this. And yet what really was happening is a degree of indentured servitude right. to the manager. Exactly. She wasn't working for me. I'm working for her. I'm like, nah, this, this is not happening. So I stepped back from that. We didn't, we didn't do the deal. And it would have been a very lucrative uh, opportunity for me. Very lucrative. I mean, some ridiculous numbers across the board. But I just didn't feel comfortable with the situation. And I had to step back for a while because she... <laughs> She was on the war path and uh, was, was out for blood, you know, because I didn't sign them. I wouldn't sign that, you know. So I, I kind of had to kind of lay low for a couple of years and just not do any, no, no music for a while because it was that intense. What did you do during that period of time? Like I said, I just, you know, some people will say, yeah, you became a simpleton. You know, I just did like, you know, a lot of demo work for people, you know, just kind of worked on that for a while and you know, kind of build, you know, some revenue from that and to kind of keep me going. Because with me, music is, your, is my life. So it really doesn't matter if I'm not getting the big gigs. As long as I'm able to be sustainable with what I'm doing and doing demo work, there's a lot of folks who need demo work. That'll pay the bills for you. That'll pay the bills. And I had to do that for a while until I had to kind of shift and, and come out of this, this situation. You know, I'd go into an attorney's office trying to make some things happen. They're like, oh, what happened with you and such and such? I'm like, how do you know that? Everyone around town knows it. Right. How do you know that? Everyone. We had to kind of chill for a while. How did you come out of it? Good. Came out good. I reconnected. I, I established some new, new, a new network. Folks who I considered that were loyal. Because for me, loyalty means a lot. If you're not loyal, guess what? There's nothing that we can do. Because you are going to be a person who is not trustworthy. And that is important. If you're not trustworthy, you're not in my space. And I built up a team of individuals who, guess what? We all support each other and we had our backs. 
And that's what has kept me along through the years, you know, building your team. Like I said, in this business, you, you got to have, you got to have your team. You got to have your, your, your village. You have to have your unit. And they're the ones that, you know what, when things are bad, they'll be there for you. How long did it take you to develop your radar to be able to judge these people accurately? We're talking about at least about three or four years. How many uh, bad choices did you make along that way? Well, once, once I realized what it was, I just, I just stopped involving myself in these types of situations. Just because the job looks right or opportunity looks right doesn't mean it's the right one for you. So you got to step back. Got to step back until the right one comes along the way, and then you can negotiate. If there's an issue that I would find that they don't want to negotiate, you can't come to terms, and that's not the job that I want. That's not the opportunity I want to be a part of. So listening to the warning signals was the grand skill to learn. Sure. Sure. You know, uh, I, I was with a production company. They had a couple of artists that were really doing well. I'm not going to say what the label was. <laughs> really doing well. And uh, just for some reason, I just, the situation didn't seem right. And I, one day I get a letter to my home that I was fired and released for my services. But here's the interesting thing. How am I being fired and released when I never signed a contract? Got it? <laughs> you see how this, this game goes? <laughs> All right, so you found your village, you found your people, and you found the path that you were following forward. What are some other valuable learning experiences you had along the way towards where you're at now? I learned that in working with peers, and they may be artists or musicians, you have to really get to know the individual and what moves them and the other side that they're not really showing. When you have a talent or ability that can be exploited, everybody wants a piece of the action. But then you find out that, you know, and it's one situation I was working with an artist and we were writing and everything like that. And I have a rule of thumb, honestly. I don't mix my personal life with my business life. I just don't do that because it complicates matters. And the singer was a really talented, but it seems as though that, you know, you put me in a, it put me in a, in a really awkward situation where, you know, they wanted to have a little something more. And I just have a rule of thumb. I just don't do that because it just doesn't make good business. To make a long story short, we kind of parted the ways. And I think they went to some kind of competition, which was really a competition for, I'm not going to say the, the, the name of the, the, the alcoholic beverage. <laughs> but they, they went and they placed very high in this competition, but they got national exposure. I was like, yeah, oh. and I heard about it with a song that I, that I did and wrote. And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm the one that did the song. You never got my permission to go use the song. So they were like, F you, I'm going to go do this. So you got to know who you're dealing with. If I was such a bad person, I could have got my lawyers on that. But I'm like, you know what? We move on from that. Because uh, that, for me, is just a distraction and it's wasted energy. I choose my battles, trust me. And not investing the emotional energy in something so pointless, certainly to the per like the person themselves showing their true colors chances are not worth the emotional investment much less a professional angst or whatnot where are you at now in your career i'm in a good place you know i'm involved in a lot of things i have my podcast i have uh, a mentoring and i'm also a mentor a music mentor a business professional business mentor and i'm young and mentoring the next stage of creatives in terms of creatives and leaders as well so uh, I have a, a show, which is, which is called the Genre Musique Studio Cafe, which we have on 
YouTube, which is doing very well. And I just have a project that's coming out, a collaboration that we did out of Abbey Roads, which is coming out on May 20th, Abbey Road Studios, with an amazing artist out of the UK by the name of Adam Wedd. And the song is called Some Days. It's going to be coming out worldwide. So we're really excited about that. And you know, I'm in a good place. I'm really excited about, about this project. Um, I have some other projects coming out of the UK with a young, talented uh, songwriter, uh, performer by the name of Craig Gallagher. Craig's my boy. Yeah, Craig Craig is amazing. He's amazing. And I have BB Phoenix, which you haven't heard of, but we got she's got something com- coming out very soon. Uh, actually, she's involved in some kind of project over in Wimley Studios, whatever, so... A lot of good stuff, and there's more to come, but we're in a good place these days. You know, we're doing some really positive things. Aside from that, every so often I'll I'll look for charities around the world or orphanages, and I you know I'll you know spend some time and do things that I can that will help them in terms of what I do on the creative side that will benefit what they need. So that's where I'm at in my life today. That sounds lovely. And as a mentor, you are now going to take a moment and mentor some of the creatives in the listening audience. Now, you've dropped a nice amount of pearls of wisdom so far, and I thank you for all of those, but we're going to wring some more pearls out of you one way or the other. <laughs> so, Janva, all right. I want your best advice for people just starting out on their, it doesn't even matter if it's a creative journey, but they've got a goal and they want to move forward. What advice do you have? Well, my first advice is take your time. Take your time and, and work on your craft. Doesn't matter when it happens, it will happen eventually. And consider there are building blocks here. And the building blocks is just a way that kind of fortifies, like you say, it'll fortify the structure. And when you're at a place that you feel that the structure, it's, it's solid, then things will come your way and they will come, as I say, organically. Very nice. Janva, you are a beautiful man. And I just just mean that jawline of yours. I mean, (laughs) heart and soul. Well, thank you, my friend. (laughs) Being the beautiful man that you are, plug yourself as much as you want. Lay it out. Well, like I said, I want to first say, you know, shout out to the entire team on the Sundays project, Abbey Roads Studios. Love you guys. You know, um, Adam Wedd, Melissa Ryger, and AQ the Singer. You are, you know, my loves, you know, we really had a great time doing this. Also follow my Spotify podcast, Live Life, Be Happy 24-7. We got great things on there for creatives. You're looking to level up, definitely check it out. And you know what? Get inspired and connect. And, you know, I'm also a musical mentor and and a business professional mentor as well. You can find me on on Instagram on Jean Vaven underscore official underscore 2.0. Even on YouTube. You put the Jean-Vi experience, you'll find me. But like, like I said, it's all about connection, connection, connection with me. And I'm here to help you level up and take your passion and dreams to the next level. So remember that. Much love. Well, there he goes. Of all the things that Jean-Vi is, a hell of a guy is at the top of the list. Was there a question that you feel I should have asked Janva? Maybe you want some help leveling yourself up. If so, leave that question in the comments and he will advise you from afar. As for me, you can find me at all my socials. Next week, finally, I am joined by Andrew Salgado, a singer-songwriter, and yet another 
Hell of a nice guy. If you're not leading the ship, nobody can get on board. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't just kind of sit on the sidelines and, and think someone's going to come to you with a ship and go, hop on. I'm going to take you everywhere you want to go. 